Today's reading comes from Reverend Polly Murray, a civil rights activist, feminist, attorney, author, and the first African-American woman ordained as an Episcopal priest. Born in 1910 as the granddaughter of slaves, Murray was rejected by the University of North Carolina because of her race and by Harvard Law School because of her gender. She persevered and graduated from Howard University and Yale. Her legal writing inspired no less than Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. However, Murray wanted to be remembered most for her poetry. This is her poem, Dark Testament, published in 1970. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty, a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest, a name and place for one's children and children's children at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live it. Give me a song of hope and love and a brown girl's heart to hear it. In between the music, this is the world. It is such a beautiful world. And at times, it can be a terrible world. Let us be not afraid. Because this is what we are about, you and I. We hold hope for each other when hope is hard to find. We are all cracked. That is how the seeds will one day grow. We sing songs together that we cannot sing alone. We are prophets of a future, not our own. We cannot do everything, but we can do at least just one thing. So let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in each of us. That is how the light gets in. And as Heather's story reminds us, that is how the water gets out. <laughs> so every Sunday morning for the last many months, maybe when I realized that the news cycle was not some fever dream, but actual history happening in my actual lifetime, and I realized that Lonesome Walks in the Woods was not going to cut it, and beautiful Mary Oliver poetry about marshes and seashores and birds and bears was not going to cut it. And heart rate busting intervals on my bicycle up hills when I couldn't think of anything else was not going to cut it. And date night alone with Karen was not going to cut it. And afternoon superhero saving the world movies with my kids at the AMC in Framingham, the theater all dark and like a womb, was not going to cut it. And coaxing lilies and pink English lavender and periwinkle creep and the hardest of all, the little grass 
seedlings from my resistant Holliston soil was not going to cut it. And the silent meditation before the house stirred was not going to cut it. And staring into the happy, unconditional love as long as you feed me golden retriever eyes <laughs> was not going to cut it. And additional sessions with my wonderful therapist of many years was not going to cut it. And ministry retreats with their small groups and one too many sermons and liturgical dance really was not going <laughs> to cut it. And prayer in any of its forms, thanks, gimme, whoops, and wow, was not going to cut it. And the addictive refreshing of the news app on my phone was not going to cut it. And staying up late at night, blinking into the dark, asking for strength and help and inspiration to be your minister in these times was not going to cut it. After kind of realizing that everything that I normally do to stay centered and still and non-anxious and not defensive and comforted and soothed and resolved and resilient, I knew that I, none of that was going to cut it anymore. I needed to add another practice. Because please tell me you know that religion is not about belief. Never mind maybe what Schubert is singing. It's about behavior. It's about practice. I began on Sunday mornings arriving here at our 1830 sanctuary ever earlier before anyone else is here which is how I like it. So I can put in fresh candles and unlock doors and open shutters because windows are how the cracks and the light gets in and wrestle again with this wick that never seems to work even though I've been an altar boy for like 15 years in my previous life and I wrestle with this and I print off a copy of the sermon and I reread the words and I see if they're actually still good or, or maybe worse than when I had written them. <laughs> because you never know. Also that I, I come early so that I can be done in time for Sarah and Suyan and the choir to arrive and begin rehearsing whatever it is they are preparing for the day. Me making a fresh cup of coffee, is this, is this my second or, or is it my third? It's going to be a fast sermon if it's my third. <laughs> and me taking a seat, actually, John, right where you are, you're sitting right there, just raise your hand. I sit right there. And I sit on the edge, John, where you are, is because in the morning the light comes through and it shines on my, on my cheek. Sarah gathering everyone and starting first with this warm-up sigh. Would you do it for me? Now the sigh, I can't even do it because I don't think I could go that high. The sigh, I think it's, it's meant, it must, be, it must mean to, to sort of, you know, like open up the vocal cords, right? But I sit there where John is, and I hear it as this sigh of relief and release. 
It's like all the, the, the angst and the held breath of the week that I keep, and I know you keep it too, it's like in your diaphragm. And the sigh, it comes up through the stomach and up through the chest and out, out of the mouth. Will we do it again? my practice. And once settled me there in the sixth row, the time is now, now 9.45 in the morning, and, and I think of you there in the sixth row with the sun on my face and me now having released out of my weary throat this sigh that I've been holding all week. And I know that many of you are getting ready to come here. You're trying to rally yourself or whatever humans you share your life with. You are debating as you put on shoes and sweaters whether you want to be spiritual but not religious today. <laughs> whether you want to do it by yourself, in other words, or you want to be together in community. And then, you know, does the sermon title look interesting to me? Should we go? <laughs> but then, hopefully, at 9.47, you decide to come because you've heard your minister tell you that you don't come here for a concert. You don't come here for yourself. You come here for the person next to you because trying to live a life all independent and individualized is frankly, it is such a lie. And it's exhausting. It's wearying. And so I come and I sit there where John is sitting and I just let myself breathe out and I try to find this voice and I hope that it won't sound weary to you. Because our theme this month is vulnerability and God, I hate vulnerability. Which means that I have another growth opportunity before me. <laughs> but the vulnerable thing to tell you is that it has been a wearying year. I think I said to Al this morning, I was like, when will it be Flower Communion? Which is, you know, one of the, the services that we have at the, uh, in June. And maybe like you, I am just a little tired of the news cycles. And I'm I'm wearied of the constant email alerts to ask me to sign this petition, this petition and attend that rally and the energy it takes to stand up and resist and pay attention and stay awoke. I'm tired of the headlines and the tweeting world. And into that world, I need to sit in the sixth row and hear a song because we live in a headline world and what I need is a choir life. 
We live in a solo universe, and what I need to move out of the cacophony are voices together. In a time of all the Trump talk and North Korea and mother of all bombs, they, they get like stuck in my throat and I'm just choking and coughing. I sit in the sixth row when you're deciding whether you're gonna come here that day or not. And I listen to the sigh of relief and I let them wash over me to help me move from the cacophony of the world to the choir for my spirit. So, we who live and breathe more noise than we would ever care to admit, we who live a pace of our digital lives that can we just admit is ridiculous, we who live in a world that overwhelms us, I don't care how old or young you are with fear, we who listen to no choirs, but instead the punishing rhetoric about people we don't care to know. We need the choir's music, I know, more than ever. So, you guys, you are my song in my weary throat. And I know that as you hear the applause, that is not because you are performing for us. That is because you are helping us unlock and unstick our throats as we find again the blessing that we need. Bless us. <laughs>